everyone, welcome to Bi Positive. These are your hosts, Mari. And MD. And today we're going to be talking about sex. Uh, so yes, sex in all of its manifestations, but in particular, the safe kind and the positive kind. Um, because, um, I mean, it's not necessarily that well known, but actually a lot of people that helped to, you know, uh, promote uh, safer sex and also are um, very um, promoting sex positivity are bisexual people so there, there's that but there's also there's and when you have um, potentially sex with uh, different genders you have to be maybe more knowledgeable about it yeah yeah fair enough and I think it's it's more towards um, non-straight women too because there's a lot of information out there on how to have safe sex with men it's something that's covered um, both figuratively and literally much more easily. But there is not that much information about how to keep it safe on the on the biologically feminine side. Yes, and also, I mean, for women, it's it's um, it's about you know when you you talk about sex positivity, it's it's um, for women, it's it's also difficult because there's. You know, we are very encouraged to be, you know, sex positive, to um, do more things, to 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 be more proactive. But there's also a part that is being protected uh, from, you know, standards or expectation. Um, it's it's not just about uh, wanting to do to do more. It's also being able to do what you want and and have the sex that you feel comfortable with without having to to endure uh, other people expectation in that situation and and you especially you know about bisexual women you don't have to have a threesome you don't have to satisfy the male gaze um that kind of thing yeah it's a it's a it's a freedom to do what you want and a freedom from doing from not doing what other people are expecting you to do but you don't want to do yeah, and I think that that ties into the whole like a woman, at, at least in the West, the, the expectations of a woman is that she has to be like virginal, but also kind of slutty. You know what I mean? Like there is always this mm-hmm. this expectation that yeah, she's modest in this very traditional sense, but yes, she's like a freak in bed or something. Yes, yes, the expectation, but also. I mean, also besides it's very uh, more traditional views on sex is that, you know, for men, you're going to have fun with the with the with the woman who's who's wild in bed. But the one you're going to marry and have kids with has to be more conservative. Yeah. Uh, and and except when you want to when the guy wants to fulfill some fantasies. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot going on around. Uh, female sexuality and, and what we're supposed to want and not want and I mean they that recognizing that women have a sexuality and, and desire and pleasure is uh, has been uh, that has been ignored for a for a very long time it was ignored I mean anymore the I first hope. the first academic article on the anatomy of the clitoris was published in the early 90s I think that says a lot about how how uh, Especially like the 19th, uh, early 20th century um, idea of like female hysteria and all those things, how they were actually a setback for the study of female anatomy and sexual pleasure. Just because, yeah. you know, there were some sort of expectations about homemaking and uh, procreation. 
and yeah, and the and the um, largely uh, uh, widespread idea that that comes from uh, some of Freud's theory that you know only um, a vaginal orgasm for what what it means I do not really know what it means is uh, is a major one and that's a clitoral clitoral uh, stimulation only is uh, would be uh, an immature form of of pleasure. I mean that's that's actually in Freud's theory is uh and and yeah that's that was very hurtful for women yeah and my, my only question is what the hell is immature pleasure you know it's you know <laughs> the whole uh, this whole thing that um you know oral and anal pleasure are immature it's like developmental issues actually yeah. because you're stuck in those stages and then only um penetrative vaginal intercourse should bring pleasure to um to fully developed adults. Yeah. So yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> to put it mildly, what about what about the idea of um, you know who who is responsible for safety when it comes to sex? Oh. If we're if we're talking opposite sex partners, because I mean, in my in my understanding and in my experience, when it when they are same gender partners, usually both of them are quite responsible when it comes to safety. Uh, of course, there are some very random hookups that happen in backs of, of dirty clubs. I mean, that, that happens as well. But when it comes to, to um, straight sex, so to speak, there is a sort of expectation that the man is in charge of safety, yet normally it's the woman who is more knowledgeable about it. I, I don't know, because it's also expected that the woman has to be in charge of birth control. So, because... Because most of the of the birth control devices are like related to the woman's body, except for the condoms. Uh, the other, the rest is, you know, you take the pill, you you put a, um, uh, I mean, a female condom with, well, yeah, that's another conversation. Uh, or there's a diaphragm or or um, an IUD. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, all of of all of this is is the woman's responsibility. Even yeah. the shots, the nuvering, all of this, it's a woman's responsibility. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think the expectation shift as to why we are, what are we are protecting against. You know, if it's birth control, it's a woman thing. But men are supposed to be to think about the STDs too. I don't know. I mean, it's anyway, it should be both partner responsibility and something that has to be discussed before yes. any sexual act. And and not assume that your partner is clean or whatever. It's it's so important to really talk about it and make a conscious decision. You know, informed consent. Yeah. Uh, what am I doing? What am I consenting to? Uh, and and how are we how are we going to deal with both protecting ourselves against STD and birth control uh, if the type of sex we're going to have could lead to procreation? Yeah. It's a uh, it's a question that has to be discussed. And it might be a little bit weird, but I think if you are ready to um, do such intimate things with someone, you should be able to have that simple conversation. I mean, it's a little bit harsh, put it that way, but I mean, I think I think that comes from you know you mentioned it yourself that you need a connection to be with with someone. A lot of people really enjoy one night stands, and I feel like having that kind of conversation normally would to them be seen as a turn off, you know. Because if you're hooking up yeah. with someone you just met, you drag them to their place or your place or whatever, 
and that you know that's all you want to do you just want to have sex and so stopping it and and having that conversation is what's right but in practice how many people actually do it yeah no i know not enough especially when you had too much to drink or yeah. or you 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 took other type of mood altering substances like drugs mm. uh you might not think about it but you know what the thing is to have good sex you have to be a little bit in sync with the person you're having sex with yeah i mean not you don't have to have deep feelings or whatever it's not about that it's just you know to have to it's it's you have this looks like dancing you have to be a little <laughs> bit in sync so you should be able to have that talk um it's very i mean i know it's really really not easy mm. but it's really important also because It's not, you know, it's not, especially when you are like talking like more same, same sex, uh, sex, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you, okay. What I'm things are not that necessarily clear, especially for two women, what you actually need to protect yourself and also be honest about what you have. And I mean, you know, what might be a problem for your partner? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that extends also to what you actually do in the bedroom. It's not just yeah. about STDs and stuff. It's about the boundaries that you're setting. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who are not comfortable, if, if we're talking about uh, one-night stands, are not comfortable with things like kissing because they consider it more intimate, for example. So that has to be discussed. You know, kinks that are somewhat outside of the norm need to be discussed. Things like oral sex have to be discussed as well because some people just don't like doing that. And... I mean, that, that has to be respected and, and not negotiated, but discussed. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, and if you can't discuss that, I'm always like, it, I know it's more difficult to talk about things sometimes as, than doing it. But also, it's, if you take the time to talk about it and feel safe about what's going to happen, it's going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the end, you know, when you think about it, it's, it's whatever, like half an hour of pleasure that can lead to a once-in-a-lifetime mistake that will change your life. I mean, yes, of course, things like yeah. HIV are now very treatable and, and people can, can live with, with, with having, having an STD of sorts in, in, in their bodies. But in the end, you know, it's best to be protected. So take the extra five minutes to yeah. actually talk about it instead of regretting it for the rest of your life. And, and, and it's also, I mean, my experience is... The more comfortable you are talking about sex with your partner, the better the sex is actu actually is. Yeah, fair enough. And but what you know, if we if we come back to the to the beginning of our conversation, we're not taught mm -hmm. these things. These are the things we find out on the internet and from like post factum. Mm -hmm. It's like oh, we should have done this and that and that. But in reality, you know, when we talk about sexual education, there is very little of it out there. There are countries yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and states that are actively working to ban sexual education because it's not considered clean or whatever, which, yeah. I mean, to, make, to me makes no sense. But, you know, a lot of people, conservative people, consider sexual education to be something that goes against a certain set of values, normally religious ones. <laughs> But then the, those are the same people that protest against abortions. And so you can't protect yourself and then you can't, you know, follow through if the consequence is not what's, what, what is beneficial to you right now. So what do you do? Yeah. It's a, the, 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 the myth of abstinence. 
Oh, so God. it's going to work. I I don't know. I I, I received a partially Catholic education. The, my experience is that those retreats were clearly not, I mean, let's say, abstinent. <laughs> so when you put a bunch of teenagers together for a weekend, yeah, things yeah. go wild pretty fast. Yeah. Um, no matter what they say to their parents or what they're supposed to do or been told that same morning during one of the class with a priest or something <laughs> of course it's not what they're going to do yeah <laughs> I mean I mean I was I was raised in post-Soviet Ukraine and the only sexual education we got don't get AIDS which was so descriptive like wow they didn't even teach us how to put on a condom which I think is like the bare minimum the bare okay, no, minimum I had, I, had, I had that I had that in school uh, in high school like the condoms and basic hygiene we yeah, I, I remember like I was sitting in that classroom, I was in ninth or 10th grade or something, and this person was talking to us about how horrible AIDS is, and like because I had seen so many movies, American movies before that, I was like, oh cool, we're going to get condoms, we're going to learn how to, how to put them on, and then the person just left, and all of us were like, okay, mm -hmm. so um, what do we do now? Because <laughs> it seems like at this point, getting HIV is an inevitability because we don't know how to protect ourselves yeah yeah i also there's a side there's hiv and also like a lot of other stds mm. um that um can be um that you can can get like in a, a lot of different ways and not like just have, for a woman having sex only with women doesn't mean that you are immune to stds yeah lot less risk, yes, but you can still get herpes, all that kind of very nice things. And I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think I've talked about that already in the podcast, but I used to be in, in the Navy and uh, that's what we did for before calls is uh, sometimes like show uh, pictures of all type of STDs and what it does to genitalians. It was a pretty good deterrent or, I mean, at least uh, a way to encourage people to actually protect themselves. <laughs> I mean, that's, because... that, that would, that's bound to turn anyone off. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like just wear condoms. So I think if we like want to move on on the more practical advice uh, part of the podcast, uh, I think the first one would be like just not to wear condoms unless you are entirely sure that your partner is clean and monogamous. I mean, monogamous with you, at least you know what's happening in their sex life. And you're clear also when it comes to birth control in case it's a, a different gender type of sex that could lead to creation yeah i think that the first very first advice yeah uh, and yes we know that for guys it makes a difference um but also in that department you can try different type of condoms again I'm, i mean it's not like we have a uh, direct experience uh, with that as i mean we're not uh, equipped um with um uh, we're not equipped to wear condoms uh, we don't have penises is what you're yeah. saying <laughs> yeah exactly um and for what I've been told, some condoms, like like the Japanese ones, are thinner and much better for guys who want more uh, guys or people with a penis who want more um, more sensation there. Yeah, and, and it's still protective. Uh, has with others. And I mean, wearing a condom makes a difference for the guy's pleasure, but not wearing one makes a difference in a woman's life. So <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. And and another thing that's um, very well. I'm just saying, like, monetary pleasure versus being stuck for 18 years of your life with 
<laughs> with a kid you didn't want. <laughs> Plus, also, it makes it better. It put, can make, actually makes it better for your partner. Yeah. Because, I mean, some, I mean, here's people with vagina will, be, will answer differently on, on that question. But for a lot of people, it doesn't make any difference that if there's a condom or not. Uh, and and the fact to know that that knowing that it's safe will makes it a lot more pleasurable. Yeah, and and in addition to that, I also want to emphasize and encourage the use of lube. Whatever oh, yeah. type of sex you have, vaginal, anal, even if like oral sex, there's a lot of flavored lubes. They all taste like garbage, but they might be fun. I'm just saying there is no shame in lubricating because there is still like this this um, idea, especially for, for people who have vaginas, that the vagina is supposed to lubricate itself, yeah. which it does, but it's to varying degrees. And sometimes you just yeah. need extra help. And if you don't use that, there's it's going to lead to a lot of chafing and tearing and really unpleasant stuff. And it's yeah, and it's very important to to say that for people with vaginas, uh, arousal is not just uh, like being wet. Mm. It's it's you can actually be aroused because it's you actually have like a guy like guys like. Uh, people with with penis, you have a, actually a rush of blood in the area, mm. and a clitoris and everything, um, and you can be aroused. You can have a sensation. You can be uh, completely turned down, but not be that wet, yeah. because it really depends on the person. It depends also of the hormones you might be taking on your cycle. A lot of things. Yeah. And it's completely okay. That that mean that doesn't mean that you have a problem. It's yeah. just that you work that way. So lube. Yeah, and and yes. of course, of course, if we're talking anal sex, lube has to be present at all times, at hand. No and such thing as a self-lubricating asshole, otherwise it's a disease. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, condoms or any form of, of, of protection, really, dental dams, uh, female condoms, male condoms, birth control pills, IUDs, patches, whatever the hell you use, use it. Read the instructions, first of all. Yeah. Uh, know that certain things are not compatible. For example, you know, using the pill significantly increases your chances of getting a blood clot and therefore a stroke or a heart attack. So you need to be well aware of like how that can be used with other medications. Yeah. Uh, for example, like antibiotics things like anticoagulants yeah. also yeah also because some medication cancels the effect of the pill yeah so don't forget about that antibiotics can do that and it's uh and it's yeah no it's very important to just know what you're using and and yes talk about it and also maybe we also wanted to there's also another uh, health hazard that has to be addressed because you can, you know, you, 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 yeah, there's always a ton of articles you see on, on, on BuzzFeed or that kind of thing or, or the clickbait articles about people um, ending up with different type of object um, stuck. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Unless you're very sure that you can get it out, don't put it in. Yeah, no, and there's a suction effect um, of... Um, when you, when you do have uh, anal sex, so don't put anything there that doesn't have a base wide enough to stop it from getting suck get it sucked in. It's a, it's very important, and it will save you a trip to uh, the uh, the hospital. Very embarrassing. 
um, of course, I think the the most important thing in the end is also to to talk about consent. And I think for everyone, the definition of consent varies like individually from person to person. But when you're having sex with someone or multiple someones, you all have to be on the same page. Because for someone, yes. consent means, you know, this person leaned in for a kiss. For another person, consent means they explicitly told you that, yes, I want to have sex. So those things need to be discussed to avoid any sort of repercussions, be that physical, emotional, psychological, and ultimately legal. And also, consent can be withdrawn at any moment. Yes. Because you, I mean, like the idea of something, and when it's happening, you don't like it anymore, you can say no. Yeah. And, 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 and it's also very normal to stop when you're the one that is being told to stop. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. You can, yeah. no can, can come up at any moment. Which, which, it do, and it does not mean that you can whine your way through it. It's like, oh, I'm so close. No. No. You pull out and you get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You stop whatever you're doing. Yeah. And you can actually discuss it as to understand what's happening, mm. but but not try to negotiate. It's very different. You don't negotiate consent. No, consent has to be agreed on, but it, it is in no way negotiable. Yeah, <laughs> that was that went from super super um, embarrassingly funny to very serious very fast. I mean, which is which I mean, is how sex works. Sex? Exactly. Yes, because it can. It, I mean, sex can be a lot of things when you think about it. It can be funny. It can be also the expression of very deep feelings. It can. It can be sometimes embarrassing. It can be. It can be a lot of things. It yeah. can be also just uh, for the sake of the sex of the uh, sake sex the sake of the of um you know physical prowess. Uh, it's uh, it can be a lot of things. So I think it's very normal that this discussion was also a lot of things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, when it comes to also, you know, if you are in a stable relationship and you are preparing to have sex for the first time, there are certain things that need to be discussed there as well. It's not, it doesn't just apply to one night stands that you're, you know, over and done with. It's an ongoing mm -hmm. conversation. Yes. Um, and unfortunately... You know, it's it's also, it may be a painful conversation for some people, like transgender individuals, who may find it difficult and embarrassing to talk about how sex would work with them, with a partner who might not be aware. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure, and intersex individuals as well, you know, there's a lot of pressure uh, on how to deal with that. I'm, I mean, we are not very equipped in 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 addressing that. So we would welcome anyone who would want to discuss that with us. The, 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 mm -hmm. the, how, do you, how do you negotiate sex when there are certain social expectations that would put pressure on you? If, if anyone has any more safe sex tips, we would uh, love to hear them on our Twitter. Uh, yeah, just wait, wait, wait. I think we're forgetting something what? important. What? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah, no, testing. We forgot testing. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know the song... Yes, you need to get tested and then wait the three-week window. Or is it the three-month window? Yeah. <clears throat> the three-month window. The three-month window. So um, you, get, you get tested and then you wait the three-month window and then you get tested again. Especially if you have a doubt. Yeah, that's the only happens. way you'll know. It's get tested, 
regularly. Um, and, and if you have sex, you're not really sure about how things went, and, and like if you, you know, condom broke or something, and you have a doubt, get tested, wait for three months, and then get tested again. Because mm-hmm. a lot of things don't show up right after the fact, and you need to wait about three months for them to show up on the on the testing. And it's the case for HIV. Yeah. I mean, to less than three months now, but still. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so if if you have any other safe sex tips, ideas, things that we might have missed and are remain important, please let us know on our Twitter. Also, um, if if you have any sexual experiences that you would like to to share and emphasize, that is, you know, we're very sex positive here. So if you feel comfortable enough sharing, we are always welcoming stories like that. Um, otherwise, just follow us on SoundCloud and on iTunes and on Twitter at by underscore positive, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.